This episode of the Case for Safety podcast is sponsored by Safety 2023. Join us for Safety 2023, June 5th through the 7th in San Antonio to learn from leaders in the field who will be sharing real-world examples and solutions to help you address safety and health challenges at your organization. Learn more and register at safety.assp.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Case for Safety podcast. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Thank you so much for joining us today for a conversation about ladder safety. We're coming up on Ladder Safety Month here in just a little over a week or so, as uh, March is National Ladder Safety Month, and uh, wanted to share some tips about ladder safety and applying the hierarchy of controls to ladder use in the workplace. And joining me to do that is Matt Jackwell. Matt is Vice President, National Construction Risk Control Consultant at McGriff Insurance. Matt, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for uh, inviting me, Scott. Looking forward to talking to you today. Excited to get started. Now, I thought we could uh, kind of kick off the conversation by, you know, talking about some of the common issues we see with ladders. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, as simple as, you know, set up the ladder, do your task, come back down. And, uh, you know, sadly, there, unfortunately, there are, you know, a number of injuries and fatalities associated with with ladders every year. So I wonder we kind of start with, you know, some of the common issues we, we see with ladders. Well, for the most part, you know, ladders in and of themselves aren't dangerous. You know, a ladder is not just going to jump off of its storage rack and hurt you or do anything like that. So people are getting hurt because they use ladders wrong or, or they're given bad ladders. So typically what you see, the most common thing that I've seen in my, my career is people using ladders inappropriately. Uh, I think everyone can relate to that. I think all of us who uh, who own a ladder at home have stood on that one extra step just to reach that light bulb because it'll only take a second uh, or lean the ladder up against the wall because, you know, hey, it'll be fine. Or, you know, you're cleaning your gutters and you, maybe the ladder's not as tall as you need, but you'll make it work. And unfortunately, we have this perception that ladders aren't as dangerous as uh, they really are. And again, the ladders themselves aren't uh, dangerous. It's our perception of them and how we use them that creates the danger. And so it's something that we see regularly in our lives. And it really just, to me, comes down to, to misuse and that there is some culpability on us, certainly as safety professionals, that we tend to focus on a lot of other things going on around us. It's very easy to walk by someone and say, hey, you know, you're using that ladder wrong. Don't stand on that top step. Get down from there. And then you move on uh, to say the person who's 30 feet in the air without fall protection. Understandably so. But, you know, when I did a 10-year uh, study on falls, it, it's a coin flip as to whether the person who is going to be 50 feet in the air is going to fall or somebody from a ladder is going to fall. So, you know, we're really missing a huge number of opportunities to reduce risks, reduce pain and suffering, and, and reduce injuries if we if we don't start focusing more on how people are using ladders and, and even the companies that supply them and our, our employers, you know, are, we need to hold them accountable for providing us with the best ladders possible. Definitely. And, and, and on that note, uh, do you find in a lot of cases, it's, you know, people not having the right kind of ladder for a, a particular task. And, and, you know, I guess starting earlier, knowing the kind of tasks your workers are going to be doing and the kind of ladders they need to do those tasks safely. I think it's a combination. Most companies 
I do believe try to buy the right equipment, the right products. Uh, sometimes maybe they just don't get it there on time, or maybe the job took a different turn, especially you know, pertaining to construction. In construction, your, your environment changes every day, every hour. And maybe your uh, 10 foot step ladder worked in the morning, but all of a sudden something switched and now you need a taller one. But that worker in, in construction, uh, is, production is king. Love to tell you that safety is the number one thing. People will tell you it is, but people want production. It's the realities of our lives. And uh, with that, I think that people tend to sit there and say, again, I just, I'm just going to stand on this one step for a second. I, I don't believe the companies are preaching to do that, but I think it's just an ingrained culture. And the only way to address that is to, to really focus on it and say, no, it's not okay. Uh, talk to that person who did it and say, you know, we, we want you to get the job done and we appreciate the fact that you cared because that worker's trying to do the right thing, right? In that worker's mind, they're being a good employee. I'm getting this done. I'm not complaining. But you got to teach them that it's, it's not okay. We'll, we'll go get you the right ladder. We'll go get you the right tools to do your job and to do it safely. I, I'd say that, you know, more recently, probably over the past you know, seven to 10 years, I've seen more of a push by companies to provide the right resources and, and switch on to different types of ladders and different things. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to blame companies and say that it's solely on them. They're not providing the proper ladders. It, it, I think that a lot of the time it's just a ingrained culture of, I want to get the job done and we need to coach our, our people that it's okay to, to take a step back and say, hey, I, I could really use an extra ladder uh, or a different ladder, I should say. And that way, by combining those two aspects of, of ladder safety, I think you can get your best results. Something in manufacturing, which is very controlled, you know, you could buy a ladder, take care of it. It doesn't move around. It's not thrown on trucks, not going from job to job, not being exposed to rain, wind, snow, heat. Uh, usually you can kind of figure out what your ladders are and stick with it. And so there, to me, if, if the company does what's right and gets you the right tools, then it's largely administrative, something that we need to really coach the employees on. Don't. It's okay. We, we can take an extra 10 minutes to do this job and do it right and safe. Now, talking about coaching, I mean, and addressing these type of issues, and we'll get into some, you know, more uh, detailed examples uh, in a little bit, talking about the hierarchy of controls. But, when, you know, talking about, you know, coaching your employees, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, employers or safety professionals, how can, you know, those groups go about addressing these kind of issues? Well, I think first and foremost, it comes down to uh, something that we don't talk about enough uh, in safety or in anything is accountability. Companies have to be accountable for the behaviors of their employees and behaviors have to be held accountable for their behaviors. And so when you, you're talking in the aspects of ladder safety, you know, we need to sit there and understand why an employee did something. So sitting there and asking, you know, telling an employee, you know, don't stand on the top step. We've told you that. There's a sticker right on it that says not to do it, yet you did it. There's a little picture of a, a person falling off of it. And there's all these stickers and hazard warning signs. So obviously the employee more or less has a high probability of understanding what they're doing is wrong. So why? Why did they do it? And there, there's going to be a myriad of answers, uh, many that people don't want to hear. It could be my supervisor told me to hurry up and get this done. And so they thought they were doing the right thing. It could be that uh, the company doesn't have a taller ladder and you know, executives don't really like it when, when they're told, hey, you know what, you're partially to blame for this behavior. Uh, it, it could just be that they didn't uh, really think it through. They, they, they see the signs, 
they see all the pictograms, but they've seen them for so long that it's background noise. Uh, years ago, I used to talk to employees and say, does your company have any safety posters telling you how to work safely? And they'd tell me no. And they'd be literally standing in front of a safety poster. Uh, it's background noise to them because uh, it's, it, it's not being enforced or pushed. And so you got to sit down. And, and again, it's so easy as a safety professional to sit there and say, hey, you're using the ladder wrong. Take a step down or go get a ladder and, and move on. We need to start asking why more often. And accountability doesn't need to be punitive. You don't need to sit there and say that, oh, you stood on top of the ladder. We're sending you home with no pay today and you're a bad person. Uh, it can be rewarding. It can be going up to someone and saying, hey, I noticed you put that ladder away, went and got a taller ladder, used it right, and then tell everyone about that if the person's comfortable with you telling others. So there's, we've got to just accept accountability more into how we do things and, and have conversations with employees that take a little longer. It takes longer to sit down and talk to somebody and ask why they did something than it does to sit there and just tell them not to do it again and move on. Along with that, something you talk about that was really interesting is, you know, applying the hierarchy of controls to ladder safety and a hierarchy of controls, something you, uh, a lot of safety professionals are familiar with. So I wonder if we kind of talk through those different levels of the hierarchy and you know, how how that applies to ladder safety in, you know, helping either mitigate or eliminate those kind of hazards. Well, sure. Uh, first off, um, ladders in and themselves, again, aren't necessarily the, the big bad creature but they are something that uh, needs to be addressed. And you can often do certain tasks with something better. So say you're in a, let's go to manufacturing environment and say you have a series of lights that are 24 feet in the air. Uh, you can go get a really big ladder and try and use that, or you can rent a scissor lift. So uh, trying to identify how you can replace ladder use with something else is key. Uh, it's not always gonna work. You know, not every company is to sit there and have the money to go buy a scissor lift or lease one or rent one. Not every company is gonna wanna bite on those types of things, but it's a starting point. So figuring out how can you, when you look at something and go, well, I need to get up to X height, are there ways to get up there outside of using a ladder that work would be obviously the best way. Now. You also have newer ladders, such as podium deck ladders, three-legged ladders, which are really nice in construction sites, which the ladders are, are, you're still working with the ladder, but you're using a better ladder and something that will allow them to access something a little more safely. So, you know, it's risk management, you know, we're not eliminating the risk, but we've reduced the probability of risk by them working on maybe a more stable platform, a larger platform, or a ladder that allows them to work within their confines of the rails, as opposed to bending over and leaning over or twisting and contorting. So, so yeah, again, it's a matter of sitting down with, with your team and asking your employees, hey, is there a better way? And your employees will know, ask them, is there a better way to get up to, to those light bulbs? Uh, design certainly would come into that, and that kind of falls into engineering as well. I often have built buildings and, and seen construction projects where, as I were coming to the end, I look and I see all these lights, and you know they're 50 feet, 60 feet in the air. How do you get up there to replace it when that light goes out? You know, somebody else has to now go do this. Uh, have we thought of that and coached the client on? You probably need to, to get a scissor lift or a boom lift to do that safely. And have we thought about how that's going to get inside the building? If you have a, a small door, 
you know, replacing the bulbs is an issue. Yeah. Are there tools or other things out there? Like my house, I have really high ceilings and I have a little device that I actually can use a suction cup to suck onto the, uh, the light bulb and I twist it, pop it off, put a new one on and put it in. Uh, now there's a risk that the suction won't work and the, the light bulb will fall and break, but better the light bulb falling and breaking than me. So, you know, there's those ways to, to look at it. The administrative controls, and I know we, we hinted a little on engineering there with design and, and things like that, but with administrative, that's really where we, we typically have that uh, in safety. We, we keep talking about training, and, and I'm telling you, people know how to use ladders. We, we have trained people on ladders, so that the answer isn't, you know, let's, oh, he's using the ladder wrong, or she's using the ladder wrong, let's train them more. No, no, let's find out why. And, and let's try and get away from administrative controls because that's pretty low on the hierarchy of controls there. You know, we're, we're relying on an awful lot of work and, uh, and, and, and you know, administration, you know, is in the word. And that takes up a ton of our time, uh, especially safety professionals, which is why, you know, some of them will get sick of it. I get it. If, if, you, if you have a thousand person job site and every single day you're catching people using ladders wrong, you start to get burned out on talking to people about using ladders wrong. And then, you know, you get into the PPE. Not a whole lot you can do there. Um, I, I actually still recommend wearing hard hats, uh, especially some of the newer hard hats and the chin straps and, and that fit tightly to your head. Yeah, at the very least, let's not worry about where the, the people's feet are. Where is their head? And so you think about how high that person's falling uh, from, depending on the, how tall they are. And where, by wearing a hard hat, at least you're, if you do fall, if you do make a mistake, if something goes wrong, and you could be doing everything right and you just miss a step. It, it, it's life. We, we are human beings. We make mistakes. At least when you fall, maybe when you hit your head, that hard hat will save you. It, it, the, the impact will go into the hard hat. It keeps your head protected and you end up not getting hurt and uh, or hurt as much, I should say. So, you know, PPE again. And then, you know, some companies I am now seeing, they, they kind of try and throw a blanket policy. They go, well, if you're on a ladder and you're working at six feet uh, foot level, you need to tie off. Well, that all sounds well and good until I, and I've challenged many, many companies on this. I go, that's great. You put that on your policy. So I'm, op I'm working on a uh, drop ceiling with a grid and changing light bulbs. Where do I tie off? You know, last I checked, uh, a drop ceiling isn't exactly going to be a, a appropriate anchor point. It's not going to work. I'm going to tear the ceiling down on top of me, and now I just fall, and I have debris on me. And, and what happens now? You've incentivized people to just look like they're complying. You know, they'll tie off to an electrical conduit. They'll tie off to, you know, whatever they can find, and they're like, "Oh, look, I'm tied off. I did it." And you're like, oh, "Well, no." So I, I tell people before you put things in writing and say we're going to do this, you know, think about is it possible? Don't just dump it off on others and say it's your subcontractor's problem by contract. Think about what you're doing so we can work safely together. I'm curious, you, you talk about construction and as you noted, you know, the the environment on construction sites is changing, you know, by the moment at times. I wonder, like, along with, you know, properly using the ladder, how can employers and safety professionals advise that, you know, you've got stable ground underneath you as well? Or when, you know, when it's time that, you know, the, the conditions have deteriorated to a point where it's not going to be safe to be on a ladder because you don't have solid ground, you know, underneath it. So that, and that's a, a great point. Um, you know, we've been talking about a lot of being up on the ladder. Well, what about what's holding the ladder? And uh, at a job site, you know, once you kind of have the concrete pour and all that, you, you have some pretty stable grounds and, and things you can work on. Now, the law actually states that when you're working from a ladder, the area around the ladder has to be clear and uh, clean of debris. 
So right there, I mean, that's just actually a law. Uh, it, it amazes me that we need to put things like that in law, but we do. Uh, but to your point, say you're not, you're working outside. Well, there's a variety of things you can do there. You know, you, you can sit there and level the ground. Uh, you don't need to sit there and just say, well, it's all bumpy and unlevel and I give up. Uh, and that could be harder. You know, I, I grew up in Massachusetts where if you get a, uh, a heavy rain and the ground gets all bumpy and warped and then it freezes, it's not that easy to level the ground. But most construction sites do have heavy equipment and they'd be happy to scrape the ground and, and level it up. Uh, you can buy paths. You can, you know, crane, you look at a crane, they have crane paths that, that cranes go on. You know, I'm not saying you necessarily need to buy those, but there are padding and things that you can use to support your ladder. You can stake the ladder into the ground. And, you know, again, now you might have a couple of stakes and you need to make sure you sink those safely enough. And, and so it holds the ladder well and anchor it. Uh, but you, you can actually, you know, secure the foot of the ladder. You can also buy the right ladder for the job. Make sure the pads on the ladder are good. You know, too often when you look at the padding on the ladder, it's all ripped off. It's just smooth metal. It's been beat up. And uh, you want to make sure that the, the ladder's in good shape and meant for that actual task. You don't want to just sit there and let them use the top half of an extension ladder because, hey, it works. Uh, so it's a great point to bring up that the ground and the, uh, you know, how level it is and, and those items can certainly have a major impact. What I don't like to see is uh, the proverbial, well, we have my spotter holding the ladder. There's a lot of big, strong people out there, but a 200-pound uh, person, eight feet up in the air, starts to tip over on a ladder. You're not catching them. You're, you're not holding the ladder and going, oh, good thing I was so strong I held the ladder. Uh, this It doesn't work that way. So I, I try to push people away from, hey, you know, we're going to make sure we have a spotter. That person will hold the ladder and be strong enough to handle it well no let, let's make sure the ladder's secure another talking about that another uh aspect that just occurred to me is is awareness both you know as you're you know moving the ladder i mean say you have to walk a ways to get the ladder to where it needs to be like awareness for you know the person you who's going to be using the ladder as they're moving the ladder through the job site and the awareness of others while somebody's on a ladder like okay i need to you know even if you may have a spotter i need to steer clear of this person i don't want to you know just be walking along and run into the ladder, especially while somebody's up on top of it. So I feel like, you know, awareness of, of the work environment would be a big piece of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you talk about moving a ladder, you're, you're, you have really, I mean, not, falling isn't the issue anymore. It's uh, carrying the ladder and possibly soft tissue injuries, you know, back injuries. You know, most ladders, you know, a, a standard fiberglass six foot ladder is really not too heavy for most people. They can handle it and carry it well. Uh, you start getting into taller ladders, I usually start recommending having a, somebody help you. Have one person at one end, have the other. That does two things. One, it's less strain on you. Two, you have somebody in the front and the back making sure it's not swinging into other people. It's not hitting other people. It, it's not being used as a weapon. I, I lived in California for years and I had a nine foot surfboard and, and you had to be very aware of when you were walking around where that surfboard was at any given time. Uh, and so... You know, it's the same philosophy with, you know, nine or 10 foot ladder, extension ladders, you know. So you have to teach people to not be afraid to get help. And, and that may be come down to the employer. Maybe the safety director of the employer has to say anything over a six foot ladder must be carried in teams. You must get somebody else because we don't want to hurt somebody else. Um, another point that kind of what your, your question brings up also is working in front of a, a door. You know, it, a lot of the time in manufacturing or construction or certain environments, you know, you have to work in front of a door. And so we used to push locking the door. You had to lock it. 
And if there was no way to lock the door, we went with signs for a while and then eventually we went with a spotter in front of the door saying, don't come in here. And so we, we really wanted to push more of a spotter mentality of someone saying, no, don't come in here. Are, are there still issues with that? Sure, the spotter could go to sleep, fail at their job. Uh, but it seems less likely that the spotter will do those things than having a sign that just sits there and says, and usually poorly written with a hand paper note within a Sharpie saying like ladder on other side, don't open it. You know, we, we have to be better than that. Uh, so to your point, certainly the movement of ladders, um, using the ladders uh, around a job, especially busy jobs is certainly uh, important. Uh, and again, maybe a taller ladder, a company could look at having team lifts or, or tandem lifts that would allow them to at least reduce the chance of them hitting somebody or honestly, you know, just hitting things that maybe if you're at the finished phases of a uh, job site, you don't really want to be hitting things and breaking them. Uh, you know, the general contractor will likely charge you back for that. All right. Uh, any uh, any final thoughts you'd uh, like to share about uh, ladder safety as, uh, as we wrap up? Yeah, I, I want to just go back to uh, what we talked about earlier on accountability. Uh, you know, good. The, high, the hierarchy of controls we discussed are certainly important, but more and more, even outside of ladder safety, I'm just seeing accountability as an issue. We keep making excuses for bad behavior uh, and we keep just you know, lowering the standard instead of uh, increasing it. Uh, and, and I feel that's almost like a societal problem. But at work, we need to be better than that with people. And again, accountability, yeah, it's a bad word to a lot of people. Oh, it means you're going to punish me. You know, I, I went to uh, Massachusetts Maritime Academy, which is like a paramilitary school. So, you know, you're, you're punished for a lot freshman year. And uh, so, you know, they held you accountable. Uh, but with that, there are positive things. You can hold people accountable by not necessarily beating them up. Uh, and also, you can hold yourselves accountable. So companies need to stop just sitting there and saying, well, my employees are, are bad. They're not bad. You, they want to do good things. They, they want to work. But we, we uh, in our professional organizations and safety, we got to start holding ourselves, our companies and our people accountable for how they behave and focus on changing the cultures of our jobs, or, or I should say our companies. Uh, because again, if you just sit there and constantly walk by somebody and say, don't use the top step, don't use the top step, you're going to be doing that for days and months on it. And I get why you'll get burned out. But if you have meaningful conversations and we start holding people accountable for doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing and understanding why they had those behaviors to begin with, you know, you can start making some meaningful change. That's 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 a great point. Well, uh, thank you so much again for coming on, Matt. I, uh, this is a, 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 such a, a big topic. As we mentioned, ladders are used in so many different kinds of work environments, and these are really important tips for people to remember. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your perspective. Thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to hopefully doing this again sometime. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Case for Safety podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.